You're listening to Little Bites, the podcast for volunteer managers with solutions you can snack on. This is Sammy, Volunteer Toronto's training specialist, coming to you from the pantry, our crowded storage closet. Joining me today is our guest snacker, Adrian Beaudry, Manager, Volunteer Engagement Strategy for Heart and Stroke. On today's very special episode, it's National Volunteer Week. Let's celebrate the value of volunteers by recognizing you, your volunteers, and where volunteerism is going on Little Bites. First up is our snack of the day, chocolate-covered marshmallows, which prior to this podcast I had never (laughs) eaten before, but I now find delicious. So to get started with our guest snacker, please tell us who you are and what you do. Well, I'm Adrian, the Manager of Volunteer Engagement Strategy for Heart and Stroke. My favorite snack, what I told you, chocolate-covered marshmallows. So what do you do at Heart and Stroke in your role? <laughs> so my role is really great. It's unique, and it's a fairly new role, and then I'm helping to lead the development and implementation of a national volunteer engagement strategy. Each province has done its own thing with regard to volunteer engagement. So now that we are working together with one voice, we want to make sure that the experience we offer to volunteers is the same in Kamloops as it is in St. John's as it is in Toronto. So wherever volunteers want to get involved with us, we're going to make sure that they have a great experience. Cool. That sounds amazing. It is. And as you said, unique and also really interesting. (laughs) So part of what we're going to be talking about today is how volunteerism is changing. And I'm sure that's something you're seeing across the country. So um, we'll kind of go into that into more detail. But to start with, it is National Volunteer Week. National Volunteer Week began in 1943 as a way to celebrate the contribution of women on the home front in Canada during the Second World War. And it sort of disappeared after the war but came back in the 60s and 70s and has now become quite popularized uh, and managed by Volunteer Canada. Um, And so this year the theme is celebrating the value of volunteers, building confidence, competence, connections, and community. Adrian, what's your experience with National Volunteer Week? What have you done? What have you liked? What are you excited about or not excited about? It's interesting. I've been in the sector for almost 20 years now. When I first started, Volunteer Week was something that I, as the volunteer coordinator in my organization, it was my responsibility. You do something, say thank you to the volunteers, we'll say thank you to you for doing that. Uh, So it was very, it wasn't as well known in my experience in smaller organizations. I've realized the fact that volunteer recognition, while it's lovely to have this one week, it's not the responsibility of one person to create a campaign. With National Volunteer Week and organizations that I've belonged to, really it's a matter of the recognition that it's everyone's responsibility to say thank you, to make sure that we are right. recognizing. We don't necessarily need to have you know, the chicken dinner where we have a big event and we have speeches right. and whatnot. We can do little things, and we know when you look at research, we know volunteers look for that immediate small thank yous, you know, that recognition that comes on a daily basis. Yeah. So during National Volunteer Week, I've seen a lot of our organizations or uh, within Heart and Stroke, a lot of our offices, they'll have maybe a little potluck. Or they have employees are writing a handwritten thank you card to the volunteers who come in or the volunteers who have done something, you know, that really warrants that extra touch. Yeah. So I think that and that's one of the things that we always say is that recognition should not be a once or twice a year thing. It needs to be year round. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head that it's it's National Volunteer Week is a bit more well known, but it's also an opportunity for other people to acknowledge volunteers that they may not do the rest of the year, Mm -hmm. which I think is a challenge in a lot of organizations. We get asked a lot okay, how do we recognize our volunteers? I've been given $800 and we have 3,000 volunteers and we have to do it on this day specifically. Whereas instead, it should be a whole organization kind of working together um, in that context. And one of the things we always like to talk about too is that recognition should always be meaningful, personal, honest, and significant. I think handwritten notes go a really long way. 
so you kind of touched upon what Heart and Stroke is, is doing for National Volunteer Week or has done in the past. What are some other things that you've seen? Um, with regard to National Volunteer Week, I think um, a, a number of organizations do choose to have like their big gala event right and they might have volunteer awards or volunteer things that are going on during that week uh it is nice because it you know you do maybe hear a little bit more about it in the media people are talking about it in the sector as well It, it goes back to general recognition right so what do your volunteers want do they want the chicken dinner do they want a potluck do they just want you to send them a text message that says hey thanks for being a great volunteer yeah. Or maybe it's a combination. Right. So it's really important that you tailor... Send them a text message at the dinner. At the dinner. Yeah. That would be perfect. <laughs> Suddenly everybody's phones start beeping. Yes, all at once. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... And we already know from, from survey information from Volunteer Canada a few years ago, on average, volunteers don't prefer the formal event, and they do prefer informal, saying thank you, knowing the impact, more informal get-togethers and things like that. Yeah. Which I think speaks to kind of the major other topic today. And since the, the National Volunteer Week theme is celebrating volunteers, is that volunteerism is changing in Toronto and Ontario across the country. So my question to you is, what do you think volunteering looks like today? I think that today it looks, it's interesting because I think that it's changing. When you look at or when you think about volunteering, you know, traditionally, you think of hospital volunteers were the doctor's wives who right. started the auxiliaries. Right. That is a long time ago. And I think that as our demographics shift, our organizations and needs shift and the needs of our clients and the people we serve shift, we have to, we have to change and adapt. As we look to the future and we look at, yep, we've got lots of millennials working with us right now, but then we've got that next generation. I think they're being called Generation Z. When we look at that generation, I've heard them compared to the greatest generation. So they're hardworking. They're breaking the mold. They're growing up in a world where technology has always existed. My daughter had a cell phone in her hand just to play with when she was, you know, two or three years old. Right. She wasn't texting, I promise. (laughs) Hey, mommy, what's for dinner? As organizations, we need to be preparing for today is recognizing the demographics, the new people who are going to be knocking on our doors. Right. Today, we need to be prepared and to start putting plans in place right. to consider what volunteering is going to look like five years down the road. Right. So kind of jumping off of that, I think what we're seeing is that it is changing. It's not the people that we usually expect are volunteering. One of the things is that we're seeing a lot more episodic volunteering, especially in Toronto. Lots of volunteer managers are coming to us saying, I can get a volunteer for two weeks. I can't get them to stay for two months. Mm-hmm. Or people are willing to travel further to volunteer if it's something they really want to do. And you really touched on it of sort of what will volunteering look like tomorrow. Like you said, it's a lot more technology. I think it's relying on a lot less people filling out an application, coming for an interview, showing up at a designated shift once a week. My generation is moving away from that already because it becomes more difficult with all the other gigs we're doing at once to be able to volunteer formally. So one of the big topics about the changes to volunteering is the term informal volunteering. And how would you define informal volunteering? I think that the millennial generation and the next one following, I think they're pushing us towards that informal. Because just as you're saying, the amount of bureaucracy we put in place. All right, so if you'd like to volunteer with my organization, you must come to an information session. At the information session, I'll give you an application form, which you fill out in triplicate. Uh, So I think that as organizations, we put a lot of hoops. and, and, And there's reasons for that in some cases, certainly. If you are, you know, working with or serving a vulnerable population, you have to have your checks and balances. Absolutely. 
I think we can still find ways to, to have that informal volunteering. You know, and yes, we will always have our core roles that may always need somebody to come into the office and make a six-month commitment. Right. Or, you know, because if we're investing in training and experience, yeah, you need to make that commitment. But I think we need to have that balance and have some more casual, informal, well, we're having an event. Can you come and help us out? Right. Do we yeah. need you to fill out uh, an application form? No. We yeah. need to know your name and your email address so we can contact you or thank you or whatever the case may be. Right. So I see it being that much more casual. And I think that we're seeing a lot of informal volunteering sort of responding to the trends of people just saying, you know what, I'm free on this day or I'm really excited about this event or this campaign and that's what I can give my time to. Yeah. And I don't want to wait three months to go through this whole <clears> process. <throat> but like you said, if there's risks, a high risk involved or if there's references or whatever, you need that. Which brings us to, to the other side, which is a big kind of talking point over the last year, the idea of individual social responsibility. So per Volunteer Canada's recognition report last year, they define this as the continuing commitment to behave ethically and contribute to people's development while improving the quality of life of other individuals, groups, teams, as well as society at large. To turn that into what I think it means <laughs> is just people doing good as much as they can in their individual lives. Yep. And I think it does seem a little bit buzzwordy. And I think really what it's saying is maybe I won't be a formal volunteer at your organization, but I'm going to help out in my community and I'm going to come to that one event and I'm going to do this, that and the other thing and do good. Mm -hmm. Is that What's your take on it? You know, yes, you give this lovely long wordy definition. And I think it just boils down to people being good, doing good. And that's that's why I got into this profession. Because you meet people even who are at really tough or low points in their life and they're still trying to help out and make the world better. Right. And I think that that might be where we're seeing more of that informal. So, you know, my kid plays a sport and just, you know, the coach sends out an email saying, hey, I need a few extra parents to come and do blah, blah, blah. That's that informal volunteering and yeah. casual volunteering. And I just think of this really as just being a good civic, member yeah. of our and it's i think something we've all been doing for a very long time it's now trying to create language to refer to that and i think one of the things just sort of moving forward for organizations is that there's going to be that crossover of people doing good people kind of informally volunteering individual social responsibility and crossing into the roles that we need filled so yeah. just kind of before we get to our last segment what do you think organizations can or should do to prepare for that new generation to prepare for for the changes with more informal volunteers I think that to prepare for this new generation, it's a balance, right? We can't throw the baby with the bathwater. We have to respect and honor what's in place today and recognize what parts of that need to stay in place. Right. But then looking to the future and bringing in those, like, bring in some millennials, bring in some younger kids. You know, my daughter, as I say, she's 14. She started volunteering and she filled out an application form online, which was like oh, it was like six pages long right. and there were questions in there uh things like sexual identity and she looked at me she's like mommy what does it matter yeah and because the organization only had two choices as an organization we need to be bringing in the voices of the people we want at our tables in the mm -hmm. future bring them in today we just have to be prepared to change people don't like change it's scary it's unknown but if we don't change then we're not ever going to grow or learn right. And I think we owe it to our organizations. We owe it to the people we serve to start thinking more creatively, to think and to adopt that yes mentality. Can we do this? We haven't before, but maybe. Let's right. look into it. Yeah. Instead of a full stop, no, we don't do that. Well, this brings us to the lightning round. 
Um, oh, so there are two exciting. minutes on the clock, on the clock, and we have to answer all these questions in those two minutes. So Sweet. more Challenge. power to us. Um, so I'm starting the timer now. <laughs> and first question for both of us: What is the value of volunteering to you? Volunteering is just it's such an important part of being a good person, learning, growing, developing, and uh, making our communities a better place. If we didn't have volunteers, we'd be sunk. Absolutely, and I think kind of jumping off of that for me, I think it's very much that. We, we not only need them to for our capacity, we need them because it's part of just being good people and that, that good deed idea. Yeah. Uh, question number two, how can your volunteer program help build confidence, competence, connections, and community? You don't have to answer all of those. That is but... a lot of C's in there. Yes. Um, I think that by adopting that yes mentality, can we do something? Yes. And I know we've talked a lot about volunteering for good, to be good, but I yeah. think uh, we also recognize that volunteering can be very strategic for people. I want to learn this skill. I want this experience. I want to meet these people. If we're able to create opportunities for volunteers to get involved where they are getting those needs met, then we are going to build confidence, competence, connections, and community. Perfect. And jumping <sighs> off of that, I'm basically just going to say, <laughs> like you said, bring in the people that you want to engage in order to help improve your volunteer program for the future generations as well. And the last question, we have 30 seconds left. How can you make every week National Volunteer (laughs) Week? I think that we have to recognize that every day is an opportunity to say thank you. We need to be prepared for the volunteers when they come in our doors. When we are, sometimes we do get a little extra money during National Volunteer Week. If you build resources, build them without dates, with general things that they can last throughout the year. Those note cards we made, we've got them for the entire year. So just make a conscious effort to recognize volunteers every day. Cool. With the last three seconds, I'm also going to say <laughs> don't necessarily have formal events on National Volunteer Week. They Please. can be any other time of year. And that was time up for it right at the two minute mark. That so tough. Yeah, it's very tough, <laughs> even when you have the questions ahead of time. So for today's Big Bite, your takeaway from this episode, National Volunteer Week comes once a year, but you can still understand and appreciate your volunteers year round by listening to them, by saying yes, by being aware of what's happening for the future. And informal volunteering and just that that idea of doing good is a growing trend. So by planning and preparing today, you can be ready for the volunteers of tomorrow. Sounds so nice, right? So brilliant. So thanks again for the conversation (laughs) today, Adrian. The blog post today is going to feature our highlights and some links to Volunteer Canada's materials that we've talked about. For our listeners, I leave you with one snack to go. Ask yourself where you see your volunteer program in one year. What about five years? What are you going to do to prepare? Do you have any pressing questions you'd like answered on air? Send us an email at littlebites@volunteertoronto.ca or tweet us at volunteerto anytime. You can also find all our episodes on the Inspiring Action blog at volunteertoronto.ca. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Little Bites and found some solutions you can snack on. Thanks for listening and keep snacking. <laughs>